Shalom and welcome everyone to the ICEJ webinar series. I'm David Parsons, a vice president and senior spokesman for the International Christian Embassy Jerusalem, coming to you from our Jerusalem headquarters. Uh, we're at about day uh, 109, I believe, or so of uh, Israel's war with Hamas uh, and uh, radical terrorism, not only in Gaza, but in uh, Judea, Samaria, Hezbollah in the north, and we've been really trying to keep up with uh, all the developments, all the events. But we're going to focus today on a particular issue, which I think is very, very critical to why you you know every generation comes up uh, having to fight war again between Israel, the Palestinians, and Israel, and and some of the other Arab and Muslim countries. And it has to do with teaching peace. Our question is, will the Palestinians themselves ever teach peace to their people? And to help us uh, with this topic, Itamar Marcus he is the founder and director of Palestinian Media Watch, which uh, is they follow the Palestinian newspapers, the Palestinian television, radio, speeches, whatever. Um, Palestinian Authority officials, Fatah, even Hamas, all, all the Palestinians uh, in the West Bank and, and Gaza around the world, and uh, really providing a very, very valuable service. And they have are, been tracking this particular um, question for, uh, I guess, around two decades, Itamar. First of all, good to see you. Great. Thank you very much, David, for inviting me. Okay. And uh, the Palestinian Media Watch, I think it started in the middle of Oslo, uh, correct? So it's 20, uh, 25, all gone on 30 years now. Uh, 25 years, yeah, just about. Okay, and uh, to many people you're known as, as Palestinian Media Watch PMW, but your website is palwatch.org, right? Correct. So just so everyone from the start, uh, if you want to find out more, and we really encourage you to go to their website, P-A-L-Watch, palwatch.org. But uh, Itamar, good good to see you, and thank you for helping us uh, uh, unpack this important topic. There's, uh, it's really uh, macabre how is it, it's turning out now. The international community is applying a lot of uh, pressure on Israel to go ahead and commit to a Palestinian state. It may be down the road, but we want a firm commitment, irreversible, a framework, and a timetable in order to get the Israeli hostages back out of, out of Gaza. It's really just outrageous. And it ignores not only that Hamas uh, rejects the two-state so solution violently, but the Palestinian Authority and Fatah uh, have never really accepted the two-state solution as most of us understand it because they add the right of return, which means it equals a one-state solution. They've never accepted the existence of Israel in its territory. I mean, is this correct? Yes, that's absolutely correct. And since we're talking, talking a little bit uh, around focus and education, I, I can just tell you that uh, Palestinians have been brought up since the early days of the Palestinian Authority, uh, to see the entire process with Israel uh, as leading to uh, Israel's eventual disappearance and Palestine to river to the sea. 
we released a report last year on a FATA educational magazine called Wa'id, uh, where they, um, we went back eight years, studied every message uh, in all of the, in all of the uh, issues for eight years back. There was not even one hint of recognition of Israel's existence or right to exist. Um, the messages, uh, the, the fundamental ideology that the Palestinians teach their children, uh, I'll give you there are a couple of points. The first one is that there's an ancient Palestinian people that's existed for 5,000 years in what we know as the land of Israel, what they're saying is the land of Palestine. Two, the Jewish people never had a history in the land of Israel. All the biblical stories, if they're true, happened in other places in Yemen. They didn't happen here, so that there was never a Jewish presence. Three, every archaeological find that Israel claims, all the coins that Israel has found with Hebrew script, uh, all of those things are planted by Israelis. They're planted by Israelis to create a history. And therefore, therefore, and the final thing is, there have been numerous invaders of this so-called so Palestinian people. Um, the Romans invaded the Palestinians, the Greeks did, the Persians did, the Hebrews did, the Egyptians, they all invaded Palestine, all were defeated and expelled by the Palestinians, and eventually the Zionist enemy will be expelled as well. So this is how a Palestinian child grows up in this completely distorted worldview. But the bottom line is that Israel has no right to exist and eventually won't exist because we are invaders like all the other invaders. Uh, an incredible line in one of these books says that the precedent for what's going to happen here in, with Israelis is what happened to the French in Algeria. And then they write, just like every single Frenchman left Algeria, uh, so too every single Jew will leave, uh, will leave Palestine. And what's also interesting, they highlight this, the, all the pages are in black, and that final sentence, every Jew will leave Palestine, they actually printed in red in a, in a, in a large font. This is the Palestinian world. And this, these are the people that the United States and other countries want Israel to give uh, over to rule Gaza. Uh, it was the Palestinian Authority messages that created the power of Hamas. Children who have grown up with these messages, when they reach 16, 17, 18, they say, well, Hamas is doing it. PA is just preaching it. Let's go to Hamas. And, and then Hamas has all this power because it's based on the education of the PA. The PA inadvertently created an organization, a terror organization, even more powerful than they. Yeah. So you did an eight-year study. You, you uh, monitor Palestinian newspapers, TV, radio, but also school books, education system, and 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 children's program. You said you do an eight-year study and not one mention of 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 at least. Uh, trying to encourage Palestinian children to one day live at peace with the Jews. Right. This was the the Wide Magazine, the educational magazine that's produced officially by the Fatah organization. They give it out in all their youth groups to children. They give it out in the Palestinian schools. We have pictures of principals giving it out. So that it tells us what they really mean, what they really believe, and what they really believe and what they've told their people uh, is that we have no right to be here. I'll give you another example. In this same educational magazine, there's a question. Why did the Palestinians reject the, um, the, uh, the, the, the recommendation of the United Nations in 1947 to partition Palestine? Why did, so they answer, 
how could we accept partition? We've been here for thousands of years on our land, and they, the Jews, no history, not them, not their ancestors, not their grandparents or their great-grandparents. They have no history here. So, so that's what the Palestinian child goes up. He grows up with the feeling of victimhood, and this is so important, a victim who has his land stolen, and therefore he has a right to fight and to kill and to murder uh, in order to get his land back. This is the Palestinian ideology. Teach your kids they're victims, make them angry, and pretend that Israel deserves anything that they can do to them. Yeah, as if they have the moral standing of the French resistance in, in World War II. Yeah. Exactly. Um, now, different scholars on anti-Semitism say there's religious anti-Semitism. This is, is, say, Islamic hatred of the Jews. That's Hamas. I, I want you to tell us a little what the PA itself, Fatah, the Palestinian Authority do on that. There's racial anti-Semitism, which the Nazis championed, uh, their genocides uh, based on Darwinian theories. And then there's conspiratorial anti-Semitism. The West came, Western imperialism came in a, and planted Israel as a, a cancer. They stole our land. Which of these three is the PA majoring on, and how? And, and if where would you fit some of these? Uh, give us examples of it. Yeah, well, the the Palestinian Authority anti-Semitism includes major parts of all of those different anti-Semitisms. Yeah. And I'll give you uh, a little overview. Let's start. Let's start with their uh, their political anti-Semitism, their nationalistic anti-Semitism. Yeah. They had to explain to their people, since the Jews have no history in the land, why would Jews leave the United States, European countries, France, you name it, England, why would they all pick up and go to Israel if they have no history? Their answer is, the Jews have been uh, a detriment on every country where they've been throughout history. Abbas said this a couple of years ago. He said that, uh, this is Mahmoud Abbas, head of the PA, said on TV, said the Jews have been massacred every 15 or so years since the 11th century, right through the Holocaust. And then he says, why'd this happen? It didn't happen because they're Jews. It happened because of their social role. They're, they were taking usury and, and other things in their social role, etc. The Jews brought all these massacres on themselves. Um, he talks about, uh, th there was a, um, the, a, a, a scholar on television, a Palestinian scholar at the beginning of 2023, Palestinian Authority broadcast this interview three times. And what did he say? He said, we have to understand why the Jewish state exists. He said, the Jews are racist, they're evil, everybody hates the Jews, and therefore, in order to solve their Jewish problem, they stole Palestine and dumped the Jews in Palestine, stole it from the Palestinians. This is all false, of course, it's all lies, but what it tells the Palestinians is, not only are we the ones hating the Jews, everyone hates the Jews. Everyone hates the Jews, and everybody fought the Jews, and we're the ones who are suffering now. Child said on TV once, uh, explaining his ideology, said they all wanted to get rid of the Jews, and now we're suffering from this cancer. Okay, so that's the first level of Palestinian anti-Semitism. Jews are evil. Everyone hates them. They dumped them in Palestine, and therefore we have a right to throw them back. Uh, there was an amazing statement of this. Three weeks into the war in Gaza, uh, after Israel had already done started its counterattack, and also there was a lot of sympathy to Israel at the beginning of the war. Um, on TV, a Palestinian commentator said, we have to understand why all these world leaders are coming to express sympathy when the state of Israel 
Um, after all, we all know who they are. And, and the answer, his answer was amazing. He said, they all succeeded in getting rid of this human waste, the Jews, the human waste. They're afraid if Israel's successful, the Jews will, I'm sorry, if the Palestinians are successful in their war against Israel, the Jews will do reverse migration and return to their countries. And they don't want the human wastes to return for them. That is why foreign countries support Israel. So that the human waste won't return. So this is their this is their political. Now, they also have a religious anti-Semitism, which is almost identical to Hamas. Uh, and I'll give you just one proof of this. Is this two weeks after October 7th, when it came time for the Friday sermons, the Ministry of Religion, the Palestinian Authority Ministry of Religion, published its weekly talking points. One of the talking points, two weeks after October 7th, was that the Palestinian imams should teach in all the mosques in the PA a particular source in Islam, it's called the Khadid, that goes as follows. This is part of Islamic law. The hour of resurrection won't come until Muslims fight the Jews and kill them. Jews will hide behind rocks and trees, which will say, Muslim, servant of Allah, is a Jew behind me, come and kill him. Now, teaching this two weeks after Jews were hiding behind trees at that festival, the music festival, they were hiding behind rocks, and Muslims were coming around and shooting them, literally, in the bushes, behind the trees, behind the rocks. The Palestinian Authority was telling its people that what happened on October 7th wasn't just Palestinian nationalism, it was a fulfillment of Islam. Killing Jews the way it happened two weeks ago, that horrific massacre, was fulfillment of Islam. Now, this isn't Hamas, this is the Palestinian learning message. So, all of this anti-Semitism, this vicious anti-Semitism that you described, the Palestinian Authority has adopted all of it, all of it. Um, and the people have accepted all of it, and for that reason, October 7th happened. And for that reason, the Palestinian Authority population celebrated October 7th with over 75% supporting what happened and 98% in, in polls saying that they're proud of everything that happened. Oh, wow. This is uh, very chilling. I didn't know this particular fact you're pointing out. I was going to ask you what was the what has been the messaging of the Palestinian Authority since October 7th, but it's the Ministry of Religion within the Palestinian Authority that gave the instructions to the imams in the mosque. Exactly. Every week they, they issue a, a, a talking points, you know, five to ten different talking points. This was one of the talking points for two weeks afterward. Muslims had the obligation to kill Jews and the destiny to kill Jews who are hiding behind rocks and trees till they bring about their extermination. This is the Palestinian Authority. Yeah, the, this hadith is well known by by most Muslims and it's written in the Hamas charter. But I, I think even Yasser Arafat itself mentioned this hadith in his famous or infamous speech in the mosque in South Africa uh back in the 90s right after he signed oslo or something he he didn't mention this hadith. what he mentioned was something else when he spoke in the mosque right right after the signing of the oslo accords a lot of people were angry why did you make peace with the jews and uh, what he did is he quoted something else from islamic tradition he quoted he says my deal is just like muhammad's uh deal with the quraysh tribe yeah, and that was a temporary agreement called the Hudaybiyah Agreement, signed in the place called Qudaybiyah. It was a 10-year peace treaty, uh, which 
he violated after two years when he was strong enough. And that's what he said. He said, this is our peace yeah. treaty, which is just like Muhammad's. We can't get more. We're going to take what we can now. And when we're strong enough, we're going to destroy Israel. That was Yasser Arafat's yeah. message. And like every other message that Palestinian Media Watch has reported since then, the international community hears it and they just shrug it off. Oh, they don't really mean it. He's saying it for this reason. He's saying it for that reason. Um, if only the international community was listening to everything that we translated um, and all of our warnings, um, not only would October 7th happen, but we could have had peace a long time ago. Um, unfortunately, their willingness to fund a terror organization called the Palestinian Authority, and I stress, they are a terror organization um, by any real definition of, of terror organization. Um, the, uh, the, the international community, the United States, the European, the EU, willingness to fund them with hundreds of millions of dollars, sometimes more than a billion dollars a year, um, is the reason we don't have peace today. Yeah, uh, yeah this just, uh, it gets more chilling. The Palestinian Authority, which the international community wants to go into Gaza instead of Hamas, it's much better a revitalized Palestinian Authority. They they have used this same hadith that Hamas has used to inspire jihad, martyrdom, etc. And and again, the people need to understand this hadith says that judgment day, the end of the age, it's not going to come until uh, Muslims fight Jews. It's perpetual war between Muslims and Jews, and until a tribe of Jews defeats a tribe of Muslims, and I. I think even Arafat years ago preached martyrdom, and he preached, Hamas does it too, they identify the Palestinian people as that tribe of Muslims that has this prophetic role. They will be the ones who defeat the Jews and bring about Judgment Day. Yes, we've heard this from definitely from Palestinian Authority leaders, Mahmoud al-Habash, who is the top religious figure in the PA. He's Hamas's advisor on religion. And it's also head of the Sharia courts. He's talked a number of times about this, what's called the final battle, a final war. And he says that final war is the Palestinian war uh, against the Jews to destroy them. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's quite interesting. The, the, the mix of racial, you were talking about the Jews are evil. They used usury. And when they're out among the nations, therefore the nations hated them and wanted to get rid of them. That's sort of racial, uh, uh, racial anti-Semitism that the Jews are inherently evil and corrupt and just greedy and stuff. Then, uh, and then David, excuse me, one second. You're absolutely right that it's racial. There was one sermon where it was played out precisely. He starts off by saying that the Jews were cursed by Allah in his sermon, and then he said, uh, and he talked about all the different punishments the Jews are going to get, and then he said, how could Allah promise this about the Jews, what about maybe they'll, you know, the, some Jews will be good. And his answer was, the Jews' evil is in their genes. It's passed on in inheritance from father to son. This is the combination of the religious and the racial. The Jewish evil cannot be fixed. Other people's evil can be fixed. They can all be subjugated under Islam. But Jews are so evil, they will never accept Islam. They will never accept Allah's rule. And therefore, in the end, that speaks. Therefore, the Jews have to be exterminated. Yeah. So, so this is Palestinian Authority, political anti-Semitism, 
racial anti-Semitism and religious anti-Semitism all combined. Yeah. And uh, yeah, sometimes the lies and fabrications, they don't fit so neatly in one category. They sort of overlap into several. But uh, uh, yeah, I want to ask about the conspiratorial side, because I think this is one of the major areas that the Palestinian Authority itself has majored in. Uh, you know, there's no Jewish connection, this historic re revisionism, no Jewish connection to the land, to Jerusalem, to the Temple Mount, tem Temple Denial. Uh, the Jews have stolen our land. It's a conspiracy, like the, the um, protocols of the elders of Zion, sort of old Russian uh, conspiratorial uh, uh, anti-Semitism. And Abbas is engaged in it uh, himself, that the Zionists collaborated with the Nazis in order to, uh, to kill Jews in Europe so they'd flee to, to Palestine. Yes, and, and uh, you mentioned the protocols of the other of Zion. Um, in that, in that uh, uh, lecture that was on Palestinian TV that I mentioned before, that PA TV broadcast three times, that same you know, supposed Palestinian scholar who talked about the nations of the world created the state of Israel um, to get rid of the Jews because, because the Jews were so evil and everybody hated them. He said, why did they hate them? He gave all these reasons. And one of them was that he said the Jews are behaving exactly like it describes in the protocols of the elders of Zion. Literally, he quoted it as if it's an authentic document. The entire world is known for 100 years. And this is 2023. An official Palestinian TV, Palestinian scholar, saying the protocols of the elder Zion, the Jewish plan to take over the world, uh, is authentic. Um, and, and so this is what we're dealing with with Palestinians. People are surprised the Palestinians hate Israelis so much. And I always tell them, when when you present Israelis and Jews as, as people who uh, threaten your very existence, uh, who are so evil that just having them around is going to destroy you, then even good Palestinians feel justified in hating Israelis because they feel they must do it out of self-preservation. The irony is that the only ones who've ever helped the Palestinians in all the years, let's say since 1948, the only ones who really helped them was Israel. I, I call 1967 when Israel, when Judea and Samaria and the Gaza Strip came under Israeli control. I, I call that the Till 1993, when we, 1994, when we gave it to Yasser Arafat, that was the golden years for the Palestinians. They, the life expectancy went from 48 to 72 under Israel. Their economy in the 1970s was the third fastest growing economy in the world. Um, the houses, when we got to the Judean Samarium, the majority of Palestinians, well, the top, they, they weren't Palestinians yet, the, the, the majority of Jordanian Arabs in Judean Samaria, uh, did not have electricity, gas, and water in their homes. Under Israel, it went up to 90%. The golden age of growth. Also in education, we opened up 11 universities, I think it was for them. Uh, everything good that is in Judea and Samaria today, Israel built the foundations of. So the irony is, Israel did good for them. Jordan treated them like 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 dirt. We, did, we built them up, and then logs come the Palestinian Authority, treats them miserably, takes away the freedoms that they had under Israel, um, and then all the suffering that they have under the PA, the PA convinces them that it's Israel and the Jews that are responsible for their suffering. So that's the, in a nutshell, 
what has happened to the story of the Palestinians, and it is just a horrific story uh, because it didn't have to be this story. Yeah, their own callous and corrupt leaders have robbed them of any really uh, hope for a future. I, I, your point, it's quite interesting. I remember about two months ago when Israel was uh, trying to get into the Shifa hospital because they knew there were hostages there, there were uh, Hamas terrorists there, maybe Hamas leaders, and uh, Christiane Amanpour on CNN is interviewing some Israeli from the left, and and uh, she says, "How do we? How do you, Israel know there's uh, bunkers under the hospital?" And he said, "Well, we built it." She says, "Oh, in shock." The this lady who's supposed to know it all, she was shocked that Israel built uh, at, at least expanded, I think, from 300 beds to almost a thousand beds, Shifa Hospital, and built basements that can also serve as bunkers. But the, all the hospitals, all the universities, the life, uh, uh, the the birth, uh, death rate at birth, mortality rate, the life expectancy, everything improved for the Palestinians. Um, tell, I, I think, um, you know, we, you and I first met way back at the start of Oslo when you started monitoring these things, how were they going to uh, um, report Oslo in the media. How important is educating for peace, teaching that next generation of Palestinian uh, children to live at peace with Israel and the Jews? How, how important? Because even Dennis Ross, one of the main Oslo peace processors, he later admitted that was one of their failures, ignoring the teaching of hatred uh, to the next generation. Well, it's absolutely critical. And I'll, I'll just give you one quote uh, and the irony of it. In 2007, um, I, we did one of our many reports on Palestinian school books. And I turned to Hillary Clinton. I asked her if she would release it with me in the Senate. And we had a press conference together in the Senate after she went through and her staff went through all the material that we, that we showed. And after I spoke in the Senate, she then got up and she said, the Palestinians are profoundly poisoning the minds of their children. Now, the United States did nothing then. They continued funding. The Europeans, I presented the same material to them. They continued funding. The EU, they continued funding. Everyone continued funding. Along comes 2023, October 7th. We have an entire Poison the generation, to use Hillary Clinton's term, they're profoundly poisoning the minds of the children. Those people who went rushing into Israel, uh, raping, molesting, shooting in places where I, everything that was done, they're burning people alive. Um, that was the poison generation. And they, we all knew it was coming. We, Palestinian Media Watch, warned about it. We told the international community, do something about it. So Hillary Clinton complained. By practical steps, nothing was done. The Europeans complained. Practical steps, nothing was done. How would I spoke a few weeks ago in the European Parliament, I, and I showed them that video at the end, and then I said, you knew this, you knew this, and you did nothing. I said, if you do nothing again now, or if you dare try to put the Palestinian Authority back into Gaza, in the next 15 or 20 years, we are going to have the same thing playing out again. So let's learn from the mistakes and do something completely new this time. Yeah. I remember you. You had, uh, you know, a real coup getting Hillary Clinton uh, 
uh, to stand beside you in exposing the hatred in Palestinian textbooks back then. And because she had once stood by Suha Arafat in Ramallah when Suha said Israel's poisoning our children, it was something maybe about uh, uh, poisoning women so they couldn't have children, or it was some real outrageous slander. Yeah. Yeah, that was, it was she like I said, she she made the statement. Let's not forget that she was a senator in the state of New York. Yes. But she still made the statement. She made a very strong statement. She said they don't give them an in, in education, they give them an indoctrination. Um so she understood. She understood the problem. Uh um, that Congress under virtually except for under Trump, Congress continued funding the Palestinian Authority, giving them hundreds of millions of dollars a year knowing that this was going on. We didn't even mention the fact that the Palestinian Authority spends about 300 to $350 million a year rewarding terrorists, terrorists. salaries to terrorists in prison, paying, paying monthly stipends to the families of suicide bombers. Uh, this is the Palestinian Authority. Why would any ethical, moral, decent country want to fund a government that spends $350 million a year paying terrorists? Uh, and their families. So it's it's something that uh, boggles the mind. It, it defies uh, explanation. Uh, it's like the international community, you know, decided Palestinians have to be funded no matter how evil they are. No, even if they're clearly terrorists, we have to fund them. And I think, in, not in all cases, but in many cases, I, I think a lot of these countries who are funding them, they're funding them not because they care about the Palestinians, but because they just dislike Israel. And it's like Jews, uh, this is their way of making life miserable for the Jews by by fighting, by funding those people who are making a, an expert profession out of uh, killing Jews. Yeah, it's the whole uh, pay-for-slay policy. I think Trump even cut off money to the Palestinian Authority because of it, but they still kept paying them. People gave them money. They found money elsewhere to keep paying these welfare payments to killers. Um, so the pressure has been growing on Israel to accept, uh, uh, to commit to a Palestinian state and to accept a, a as the U.S. says, a re revitalized uh, Palestinian authority to uh, take over in Gaza. Uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu has pushed back on it. Uh, I thought the voice of Israeli President Isaac Herzog was very important. He went to the Davos summit, I think, last week, and he said, look, no Israeli in their right mind is is ready to talk about peace in a Palestinian state right now. you got to give us time to get over the trauma we've been through. And no Israelis trust the Palestinians anymore because they are teaching jihad to their children. And if the Palestinians were to start teaching at least coexistence with the Jews and all, it, it, would that finally, is that something Israelis would finally start uh, trusting at least a peace process again? If we would see, um, uh, it would, you know, it's a very general term, but uh, what the way you defined it, it would be a lot. It would have to have a lot of components. They would have to recognize Israel's history, recognize Israel's right to exist, teach their children that yes, Israelis have been here. They not, they're not a the Zionist implant. They're not a colonial implant. 
Uh, these are all the terms that they're learning today. You, you need to, you need to, if Hillary Clinton said that the generation was poisoned, uh, the, they need detoxification. Uh, we need a whole generation where they're taught values, ethics, learning to accept your... Exactly. Name. It would take 20 years of, of Israelis seeing this on the other side of the line before they start trusting it all again. And before they could change the Palestinians, and before they could change the fact that 98% of a population, 98 said they were proud about everything that's going on, meaning October 7th and the war. You know, that means it's that we're not talking about a fringe. And that's what I think the international, that's what the United States is trying to do by, by coming up with this line. Okay, let's let's have a two-state solution with a, let's have a revitalized Palestinian Authority or a new Palestinian or a foreign Palestinian Authority. It's a joke. It's a joke. When 98% of the Palestinian population is proud about massacring Jews, there is no one to talk to. We need a detoxification. I'd like to see somebody completely different running Gaza, uh, no connection at all to any of the past political or military infrastructure. Israel has to be responsible militarily for everything that goes on there, and possibly the United States and Europe will be responsible for everything else, just like was done, by the way, to Nazi Germany after World War II. Nazi Germany, after World War II, uh, every, all the education, the whole structure, the whole culture, everything was run by Western powers. That's what has to happen to Gaza. And if it's successful after 10 or 15 years, maybe we can use that as a prototype for reforming the West Bank, Judea, Samaria as well. Yeah, I, say, I think most Germans today would say uh, we thank the West, uh, the, the allied countries that won, that they helped denazify our country and give us a, a true democracy with a better values. Um, it, look, uh, there's no uh, question that October 7th, a big part of why it was launched then by Hamas was Israel was getting close to normalization with the Saudis. And the Abraham Accords with, let's say, at least with the United Arab Emirates, I think they're the best example this is an example of Arabs, the very name Abraham Accords. They, are, they were accepting, this is an Arab people, an Arab country, accepting that the Jews are indigenous to the region, they're sons of Abraham, like us, and starting to, you know, the problem is that in normalization, it's, it's the abnormal Arab mentality, believing all these lies and getting rid of it. It really has nothing to do with Israel. It's what they have to do themselves to normalize their own lives and their own thinking about Israel and the Jews and anyone else, because it extends to Western devious plans, whatever. But uh, how? My question is: How have the? How did the Palestinian Authority present the Abraham Accords to their people? The, here, here were Arabs accepting that the Jews were indigenous to the region and and actually like brothers or cousins. They they were fueling. They were fueling, and we we did a whole special report on this. They ripped into every leader. They cursed. They condemned. They 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 had they have cartoons which said we're going to kick you in the dust sand of history. Um, they had uh, everything possible that you could say about them negatively was said. We did a special report which we then passed on to uh, through through our contacts to the heads of these countries. And then they started ripping into the Palestinian Authority. 
uh, and condemning the Palestinian Authority and cutting off funding to the Palestinian Authority. And after a while, the Palestinian Authority decided that they better shut their mouths or they're going to lose one of their major sources of funding. And by the way, the Arab countries, as opposed to the Western countries who ignored all of the Palestinian hatred toward the West as well and just continued funding, the Arab countries taught them a quick lesson. They did cut off the funding. They didn't give it back right away. And the Palestinian Authority at least keeps their mouths shut uh, regarding uh, the the uh, the Abraham Accords today. The, not the Accords, but at least the countries that signed the, the Abraham Accords. They don't condemn them anymore. They don't talk about it anymore. Uh, they are accepting it more. If the international community, if the United States, uh, if they'd all cut off funding the first time they found out that the Palestinian school books were poisoning their minds, the first time they found out, and all these are things they afforded, the first time I went to their countries and showed them they were paying salaries to terrorists, had they all cut off their funding, there would be a different Palestinian Authority today, there'd be a different youth today, uh, it would be a different world. But everybody who gives into hatred, who decides to ignore hatred, um, in the end, everybody pays for that hatred. And as we saw, um, you know, through the summer and and especially leading up to the fall high holidays, uh, there was a lot of expectancy of Israel normalizing relations with the Saudis. How was the Palestinian Authority explaining that to their people? Were they already trashing the Saudis or had they learned the lesson with the Emiratis? They learned their lesson. Uh, they had reports, uh, more or less factual reports, about whether it's imminent or it's not imminent. What? And they all talked about. Uh, they also talked about the fact that it could be the Saudi condition that Israel had to accept uh, the principle of the Palestinian state or create a Palestinian state. Uh, so, in many respects, the Saudis were more sympathetic to the Palestinian Authority demands than the other countries were. Um, I don't think that Hamas did this now because they wanted to stop the Saudi. Some people have, have made that up. Um, we've been following Hamas. Uh, Hamas has been practicing to do this for years. They've been warning about this for years. They've been The timing of it might have been important, but they want, they've been planning it for a long time. They were planning it for a long time. The timing, was, and, and in the last while, they, they, it was just, it reached the point where they realized that Every time they brought large numbers of their uh, of their terrorists to the borders, you know, one time Israel, you know, months ago, Israel actually did call up some of their soldiers, and we were ready for them, and they didn't do anything. And the next time, and then finally, Israel said, "Okay, this is just what they do. They're not really planning anything." And Israel decided to uh, the Israel intelligence tragically said, "Okay, so they're doing it. They've done it before. They'll do it again." Um, it, it's just in, in, incredibly it's surprising and, and tragic how the Israeli army intelligence um, was so tricked by this little game of um, creating a pretended threat uh, and, and watching Israel's response. And when they did it enough times, so they realized Israel's not responding anymore. And I said, okay, we can do it now. And then they did it. So I think it was more, I think that was the issue more than uh, it was the Saudis. Yeah, yeah, they were they were trying to revive some of the the march of return marches up to the fence and it was usually women and children but but men sort of hidden in and seeing what the Israeli response was. I, I think you're correct in that. Um I, I, last question, 
Uh, let's go with this. Do you, do you see any real difference in the way that Hamas in Gaza with free reign there, training, uh, you know, teaching the next generation to jihad and hate and the Palestinian Authority out of Ramallah in the Judea Samaria, the West Bank, have, uh, is there any real difference in the way they have taught the Palestinians to hate and never accept, always reject any sort of peace with Israel? Uh, there's no difference in the education. There's no difference in those messages that you just defined to reject Israel under all circumstances. Uh, to see the process, the so-called peace process, as a stages process to Israel's destruction is a fundamental of Palestinian Authority ideology. Uh, and uh, it's, uh, and, and certainly Hamas you know, sees Israel's destruction as the as the final end game of any process that they have uh, with Israel. The difference between Judea and Samaria and and, uh, and and Gaza is that because we built this supposed wall around Gaza, and because there were no Jews living anymore in Gaza, we were we enabled it. Uh, we said, okay, let them do what they want. Then the other side of the world, we don't care. And of course. You can't in, in today's world or in any world, but certainly in today's world, you can't allow something like that to happen. Um, in Judea and Samaria, uh, because there was more terror, we have been much, much more active. In fact, people don't know this, but they should know it. We've arrested since October 7th, three and a half thousand terrorists and terror supporters uh, in Judea and Samaria. Uh, what we did, what, what, it was a wake-up call for the Israeli army that you know all these people who are organizing their terror cells um, we can't wait for them to, to do what they, you know, in, in Judea and Samaria, uh, attack Israeli cities across uh, across the Green Line or, or cities in Judea and Samaria. We have to get to them now. So the difference between Gaza was really one of military ability. It wasn't one of education. They all teach the same hatred. They all would like to do the same thing in Gaza because there was a wall there. They were able in Judea and Samaria because we're going into their cities every night to check on what's going on. They have not been able, and they will not be able to do. Now, okay, I think this is a very important. I think the real kernel of what we're taking away here that the the international community says we should give the Palestinian Authority sovereignty and and uh, move them into Gaza to rule again, but this very critical component of educating the next generation for peace, future generations for peace with your neighbors, the Jewish neighbors. It's just not there. In fact, uh, Hamas uh, and Fatah is just as bad as Hamas, the Palestinian Authority. We thank you, Itamar Marcus, founder and president of Palestinian Media Watch. Thank you very much for, for inviting me, and um, let's just hope that uh, we can win this war as quickly as possible, as few casualties as possible, and uh, the hostages back. Get our hostages back and, and create uh, a future for, for all of our people who live on that border. And of course, a better future for the Palestinians there as well, if they don't have either the FAMAS or the PA ruling. All right. We wish you the best in all the work you do, especially impacting government leaders and decision makers, because like, I know you spend a lot of time in different parliaments and with different governments around the world trying to open eyes to uh, to the the uh, messaging of hate from the Palestinian Authority.
Again, it's the Palestinian Media Watch, PMW for short, but their website is palwatch.org, palwatch.org, okay? Uh, we hope you enjoyed today's uh, webinar. Uh, you can join us uh, next week uh, here at uh, 3 o'clock on Thursday for the next uh, episode of our ICEJ webinar series, and make sure to stay to join us at the top of the hour, 4 p.m. today, our daily global prayer gathering, pray with Christian leaders and Christians from all over the world, praying for Israel until this war, they can claim victory in this war every single day. God bless you from Jerusalem.